0: let me just start by asking you a question. Have you ever been going along and building into the things that are the most important to you in life and you hit a major obstacle? Just something that you weren't totally weren't expecting or planning for? Something that went counter to your plans or maybe even what you thought were God's plans for your life? You know, No matter your age or your stage in life, we are all in the process of building something. We're investing our time, we're investing our lives in those things that matter the most to us. And when we're younger, we're building into a future by investing in our education or by taking less than desirable jobs in order to pave a way for the future. But what happens in those moments in our lives when all of that falls short and we've seemingly hit a dead end. Many of us, we're building into marriages or we're building toward a a time one day when we will be married. For those of us who are called to be single, we're we're still building into relationships that matter, building into relationships that are really important to us. But what happens when conflicts go unresolved in those relationships? What happens when communication breaks down and even resentment Starts to set in. In our lives, there come times when our relationships or when our hopes and our dreams for the future they, they seem stuck, right? And we wonder what's missing, or if we should just give up on them. What do you do in those times? What do you do? When those obstacles seem so big they just feel insurmountable. Some of you maybe you if are finding yourself right there today. Do you procrastinate in those moments? Do you avoid just trying to deal with the situation? Do you distract yourself to try to ignore what you're feeling inside? You know, we're we're coming to a season now, which I love. It's the season of our of our year when school is out and people are taking summer vacations. Last year at this time, I was doing a series called Your Best Vacation Ever. I don't know if some of you might have been here and you remember that. It was a series I did to talk with you about how to get the most out of your vacations. To not just get away to escape life, but to go into vacations, creating that time to be with God for part of that time away. And to really listen to God and to sense, what is God doing in my life these days? Maybe for you this vacation season coming up will be perfect timing for you as you're thinking about the obstacles that you face to see what is God saying in the midst of it. You know, this June we're taking a big picture look at our lives by looking at the book of Haggai. We're checking to see if some of our priorities line up with God's kingdom priorities. And today and also next week, we're going to talk about what kind of perspective to have when God hits us with big challenges. In those moments when we just kind of want to throw up our hands, right, and say, God, what gifts, (laughs) right? What's going on? Why is this happening? Let me give you an example. When I was in my 20s, I remember I was about three or four years into ministry here in Arizona. And I hit a tough spot. I really did I, I was in seminary, I was working in missions part time and I was scuttling newspapers in the middle of the night to try to make ends meet. I wanted to serve as a pastor in the church again, but just no opportunities seemed to be opening up and It was confusing to me and i I remember in my the church I was attending this position this pastoral position opened up, and it seemed perfect for me and I thought well i 'm going to apply for this and I, I did, and I went through the interview process I got to the final interviews that uh, about Four or five hundred candidates, I understand, was down to two, and I was one of those two, and the answer became no. And I asked why, and they said, well, we're making this decision. It was a tough decision, but we're making this decision because you are single, and we're looking for someone to be a pastor who's married. And I remember scratching my head thinking, what? This makes no sense. I remember getting so frustrated and angry with God, like, God, what in the world? What gives it? This makes no sense to me. And then part of me, out of just frustration, but part of me was like, God, we're going to get this done. I started applying to positions all over Southern California. I applied to several churches. I'm like, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to find a pastoral job. I'm, I'm done with all this newspaper mess and all this other stuff. I, I'm moving forward. And I apply for job after job after job, and nothing happens. I remember at that time a seminary professor um, my, uh, theolo- one of my theology professors tell him, Knowing what was going on in my life Him uh, saying to me He's like Maybe, maybe you're just not ready Dave I-, I think you're not ready Maybe you just need to focus on your studies And I'm like what do you mean I'm not ready I'm ready okay? I- I'm ready And then I started saying to myself Or am I Am I ready Maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this Maybe I've missed God All this time. Maybe I should just call it now. Because this isn't, obviously this isn't what God has for me. The people in Haggai's day were in a similar place in life. God had called them to do something and it just seemed impossible to them. Turn with me if you would this morning to Haggai chapter 2. If you weren't here last week and you're thinking, Dave, where the heck is Haggai? Just kind of go in the middle of your Bible. If you can find Matthew and then turn left a few pages, you'll probably find it. Or just go to gracetucson.org slash Bible and you can follow along on your sermon notes there. But as you're turning there, let me just say, let me remind you of where we are in this story. There are these 50,000 Jewish people who have been slaves in Persia, and they have been set free, and they've traveled back to Jerusalem. And they, you know, As I said, they've been slaves to a foreign king for years, but they are coming back to their city, Jerusalem, and it is just in ruins. I mean, it has been abandoned for like 75 years. It's, it's a mess. It had been destroyed when they left it. The temple, God's house, was completely destroyed. And they had this God-given dream when they came back, guys. They had this God-given dream that we're going to rebuild God's house. We're going to get things right, and it's going to start by putting our priorities on God and rebuilding God's house and worshiping God there. And they rebuilt the foundation. Remember this? They rebuilt the foundation to the temple, but they started facing such tremendous opposition from the community around them that they just quit. They gave up. They're like, this is getting way too hard. And instead, they started focusing on their own priorities rather than on God's priorities. Last week, what we saw in chapter 1 is that God's kingdom work, God's kingdom work, it matters. It really does. It matters in every generation. And we can't give up when things get hard. In chapter 1, we saw that the people repented and they started rebuilding the temple, even though things hadn't gotten any easier for them as they were trying to do that. Today, I want to look at how how to... handle the challenges that we inevitably face in life when we're doing the things that God calls us to do. And the answer that God gives us this morning at the first part of chapter 2, I think it's going to actually surprise you. God says it actually starts with looking back to the past. Listen, anything worth building in this life will face some challenges, right? Right? And it's going to demand something of us. Nothing that really matters, that takes time to build in this life, ever really comes easy, does it? But when we face setbacks, our past experiences can be building blocks for the future. The good times and the bad times, the victories and the setbacks, they all play a part in God forming and shaping us if we don't give up. This morning, let's listen to Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9.
1: Then on October 17th of that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, and its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies have spoken.
0: God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning through your word. Thank you. So, the work of the temple had restarted, and they hadn't gotten very far yet at this point in the story. There was this big holiday that they were having, and everyone was, were all gathered together in Jerusalem, and they were enjoying themselves. The political leaders and the religious leaders were all there. They were having a great time. And God uses Haggai to speak to everyone at this time, to speak a simple, important, and a very encouraging message. God says to Haggai, Haggai asks them, this is in verse 3, do they remember what God's house was like? You see, here's the deal. A few of them, they would have remembered. Out of the 50,000 plus people at that time, a handful of them would have been around back when they left Jerusalem the first time. They would have remembered what the temple was like. They would have remembered how they encountered God. How God's Spirit had rested in that temple. But the rest of them, most all of them, they didn't know. They had no idea. They only remember, had memories of hardship. As being slaves in a foreign land. And God's encouraging the people to remember. To remember to tell everyone else of God's presence and God's power. And God's working in their lives in the past. He's calling them to remember His faithfulness. Now I know when you face challenges in life, your first reaction probably isn't to think about the past. Is it? It's to think about the future, right? It's to say, God... This isn't what I hoped it would be. This isn't what I was expecting to happen. And maybe in those moments in life you start to question it. But God, if I'm, am I just missing it here? Should I just give up? God calls us, guys, to reflect in those moments. Why? Why does God call us to reflect? So that we feel bad about ourselves? So we can remember the good old days as if they were something that's long gone and will never come again. No. God's calling the people to remember because he wants them to remember God's faithfulness. He wants them to remember the, the time. And he wants us to remember the times when God first brought us, that person, into our lives that's so meaningful to us today. Or when God put that passion or that burden, that sense of call into your life that... At that moment, you just unmistakably knew that God was speaking to you. It's so that you can remember those times before when things got hard, but God came through for you. It's so you can remember that God hasn't changed. And the same God who did that then will come to your aid now. Many of us who are here today, many of us who are in this room we don't know a lot about grace's past. We're like most of that crowd back in Haggai's day who were saying, Hey, no, I don't know. I don't know what the temple was like. But the story of grace is a rich story. It's a beautiful story. It's a story of God's faithfulness. It's a story of a handful of people back in the 1980s who started with a vision to love God and to follow Him, and they were determined that they were going to make a kingdom difference in Tucson, and even in the rest of the world by helping people take one step closer to Jesus. That vision has met some real challenges over the decades. And this morning, I want you to hear some of those stories. Some of those stories about how God came through. Some of those stories of how God has proven himself faithful over and over and over again. This morning, I've asked a few people who have been around grace longer than I have to share some of those stories.
2: About eight years ago, we learned that our pastor of over 17 years was leaving, and in a few short months, he was gone. And there were two years where we didn't have a lead pastor, and God continued and consistently lifted up lay leaders in this church and within our congregation and as grace remained faithful god remained faithful to us in every step and showed us through the land between my family and i came uh, in nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight i was pregnant with hannah who just graduated a few years after we got here in two thousand two It came uh, to our attention that Grace um, was at least six months behind on our mortgage. We were not able to increase giving. Um, Everything seemed completely over our heads. Carl and I were new to this. We didn't quite know what to expect, but Grace launched a campaign called Tackle the Monster. It was like uh, a giving campaign, like you're going to have if you build something, only we weren't building something. We were getting out of a hole. And it was amazing to see how the people of Grace um, realized our God-given call to financial stewardship. And we raised the money to get out of that hole. And then a few years later, we were actually able to raise money to add on and do the building campaign. So it was amazing for us as a young couple with young kids to see how people responded um, to what seemed like overwhelming debt at the time and to see how little by little we work together to chip it away. Um, that same body came around our family a couple years later when I had Cody. Um, I will never forget um, watching his heart stop. <laughs> One day after open-heart surgery it is a day-old baby. And Susie Park, those of you who remember her at the time, she called Grace and told them that we were going to lose Cody and after a half hour of the doctors shocking him and getting him back and stabilizing everything um, i had to leave in the wheelchair to go back for my meds and when i walked out of those doors into the waiting room it had turned into grace everywhere we looked the body of grace was on their knees praying for my day-old son little did i know that that same body of grace in two thousand four that was on their knees for us at umc praying for the Life of my son was there exactly 10 years later praying for the life of my daughter when my husband was killed in a car accident as we were driving to youth ministry three years ago. We have seen grace come through a whole lot of stuff, financial and um, pastoral, everything we've seen. But I've seen it in my own life with my own family, how this body has stood by us when everything seemed insurmountable. And I'm here today only because of the grace of God and grace my family.
3: As we as a church are now in the midst of uh, uh, considering, praying, and deciding about a building project, my memories of grace go back to our last building project, which uh, Mita has just uh, referred to in 2004. At that time, as now, we were in desperate need of more space, especially for the children's ministry and the youth ministry. Uh, At that time, we had only this building. And those uh, classrooms were in the present kitchen and the children's nursery that's still there. That's that's all. we desperately needed more space, but we were a smaller congregation then. We still had a big mortgage balance from the original construction of this building in the mid-1990s, and so it was not an easy situation. But as we prayed and considered more, um, I was asked to chair a building committee to look into the possibilities. We consulted with the denomination, as is being done now. Uh, We hired an architect, got uh, an estimated cost, which in today's dollars would not be that much different from the cost that we're looking at now. So it was a daunting task. But the congregation, um, after much consideration and prayer, decided we must do this. And for that, we'd been told by the denomination that we could get a loan for a majority of the cost, but we needed to raise $100,000 on our own uh, before starting it. And we started that campaign, as I recall, within about a month, maybe a little more, we had done that. Mm -hmm. And God has rewarded us since as a church. We must give thanks for his goodness, for his faithfulness. And trust him for the same in the future.
4: Uh, this is hard after after me to uh, comments. Uh, it brings back a lot of memories. Um, we came to Grace. Mel and I came to Grace in 2005, October of 2005. Um, I was a native Californian, 47 years old, never left California. You know, they say there's three major stressors, three of the biggest stressors in your life are death, divorce, and moving. And um, I struggled with two, not divorce, obviously, because I've been with Mel 20 years now. Um, And thankfully, you know, thank God for her every day. Um, I lost both my mom and dad and my brother. Within nine months before I came to grace. And uh, after I buried my, my brother and my dad, a month later I was here, and uh, the Masons and the Croyles and Petersons and Steels and the Hills and the Parks and many, many members of grace <coughs> filled that gap. They were family. God knew I needed, I needed a family because I lost mine. And now that family has grown. So many friends and families are from grace and that's just God coming to, um, to our aid and, and letting us know well, He's here. And He's here to take care of us and to help each other. And uh, grace has been... Phenomenal. And now we have the children's ministries. We've gone to ministries. Um, we can so involved in so many things. And that was just not where we were in California. So God brought us here for a reason. And grace has been the main stand. In that. Amen. Amen.
0: These stories are so important. I believe these stories are important because in those moments when we tend to doubt ourselves when we think the um god what god what are you doing what, what's in store for us in the future we can look back and we can remember god's faithfulness in the past and remember that our our best days as, as amazing as these stories are are our best days aren't behind us they're just beginning god isn't asking us this morning or other times to just get lost in nostalgia to focus on the good old days as if our best days are in the rearview mirror ...of our lives. He's asking us, though, at times to pause... ...to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past... ...as we face challenges ahead. Even before before the days of cell phones and cell phone videos... ...or even photographs, God helped His people look back on occasion. There were times when God wouldn't call His people to build altars... Out of stones in certain locations. And they would go back to those locations from time to time to remember. To remember God's goodness and God's faithfulness at that point in their past. God would institute annual feasts for them. So that they could celebrate what God had done in the past. And his faithfulness then. And to remind themselves what God did then. He will surely do today. So we remember. We remember The past and we remember God's faithfulness. And that helps us to trust God in the future and to be courageous. To be strong and not fearful. God's using Haggai here to fill them with hope. That's what he's doing. To not fear because God wants us to build his kingdom here. God did the same thing with Joshua long before this. Joshua was tapped on the shoulder. He was just an assistant to Moses, and God taps him on the shoulder and says, I want you to lead these people now. I want you to finish what Moses started. In that moment, despite what Joshua had seen all those many times in his past of God's faithfulness, Joshua was filled with fear, and God reminded him what? Be strong and courageous. To get rid of the fear that stops us from doing what's easy and safe when God wants us to do more. We can miss out, guys, on God's direction, on what God has for us if we're filled with fear. Back in the day of Haggai, God used a Persian king to order everyone to pull their resources in order to have this temple rebuilt. This Persian king didn't even worship God. But God used him to build his kingdom. In Jerusalem. Many years ago, God reminded me of his faithfulness when I was wondering if I shouldn't be a pastor, if I should just give up on that whole idea. Three years later, three years later, God opened that door. I also remember how defeated I felt when my marriage fell apart in 2005. God used people around me in that time. A counselor, a a pastor, a wonderful wealth of friends in the church to remind me of God's faithfulness when I couldn't see it. To remind me to look back to the past and to see God's faithfulness then and say, and they would tell me, Dave, I know this seems impossible to you. This seems like it's going to be nothing short of a miracle. But God does that kind of a thing. And he did Guys, I want you to hear this this morning. God wants to do that in your life too. He wants you to be reminded of his faithfulness over and over and over again. And he's calling you and I to be strong and courageous. With the obstacles that are before you today, what stories do you need to go back and remember? How can you... Maybe for you, it's pulling out those old photo albums that you haven't even looked at in decades because we don't do photo albums anymore. And looking back and reminding yourself as you look through those photos of how good God's been. How faithful He's been. Maybe it means for some of you, yeah, opening up your laptop, going back through all those files of those videos that you took five, ten years ago, and you look back on those milestones of your life and you see how God was faithful over And over and over again. How can those memories be building blocks that God uses in your life for what comes ahead for you? Remembering what God has done makes us strong and courageous. But it also, it motivates us to get back to work. I'm going to read to you uh, verses 4 and 5 again. I think this is really important. It says in verse 4, But now... The Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, God said, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's army. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. And God says, so do not be afraid. God encourages them. As they look at the challenges ahead to build. He reminds them of his goodness and his faithfulness. And he inspires them to get to work. And you see what he says here? He says in verse 4, Get back to work for I am with you. Every challenge that you face, I will be right by your side, God says. And God makes these promises to those people in verses 6 through 9 including that the past, as good as it was, it doesn't even compare to what lies ahead for them. And as you're in God's will and you move forward and you trust God, I believe God will bring you to a place where you sense that same deep peace that they came to find. Some of you this morning, I know, you're feeling stuck. (laughs) If not, there's going to come a point in your life where you will feel that, I promise you. It happens. There's going to come a point in your life where you're like, God, this is not the trajectory I thought I was supposed to be on. This is not what I planned. This is not what I thought you planned, God. What gifts? And those moments, the easy thing to do is just to throw your hands up in the air and say, Ah, forget it. Ah, give up. Obviously, I, I must have missed God somewhere along the way. God says the first thing I want you to do in those moments when you're feeling that way is to look behind you. It's to look back on your past and to see my fingerprints all over your life. Sometimes we're going to face big challenges in life and they're going to throw us off track. And we might say, Did I miss God? Well, maybe. It's possible. Next week we're going to talk about the importance of prayer to make sure that we have that peace and that confidence before we move forward on what we think God calls us to do. Sometimes when trials come, it's a moment for us to just do a check. For us to get on our knees and say, God, am I on the right track? But so oftentimes when we just look behind us, we're reminded that we have everything that we need. But for now, what if we do that? What if for this week... We take the time to remember. If we take the time in our week this week to go back and look through those old diaries or journals from years ago. To look back through those old photo albums or video clips and remind ourselves of what God has done. What if it means for us to to sit down and talk with those that we love over the dinner table and remind ourselves of the stories of what God has done. Sometimes we just relegate those to Thanksgiving Day and we forget about the rest of the year. What would it look like for you even today as you go out to lunch to bring back those stories? What did God do in the past? How has God been faithful to us in the past? You see, anything, anything worth building in life will come with challenges. And they will demand something from us. We're going to face challenges, we're going to face setbacks, but when we do, our past experiences can be the building blocks for our future. Here at Grace, we've been taking a month to listen clearly, to determine if God is calling us to stretch ourselves, to expand our campus so that we can reach more people for Christ. It'll be a challenge for us to do this if this is what God is calling us to do. It will involve some sacrifice it might even look like a huge obstacle to some of us this morning but as your pastor let me just say to you you know what <laughs> i have been in the middle of this now i have been seeing this issue growing for about 2 years now and there have been more moments than i care to tell you when i have questioned god and i have said to god god do we really have to <laughs> god do we do we really need can we just avoid this can we just delay this a little bit longer I just tell you building campaigns are not my cup of tea. They're just not. But for me, God showed me that that was fear talking in my life. Especially when I have watched God birthing this vision among our leadership and how they have just taken ownership of this and run far farther with this than I could ever have carried it on my own. God's fingerprints over this process have given me a deep sense of peace that this is what he's saying. And part of it has been because I have talked to some of you who have been, here around, been around here a lot longer than I have, and you've told me some of these stories of how God has brought the people of grace through way bigger challenges than this one. God reminds us today that we need to hear and we need to share those stories. So this week, as I wrap up, I want to ask a favor of you. This is what I want you to do this week. I want you to commit this week as a week to remember, a week to think back, to look back, to pull out the albums, and to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Look for those moments, those places in your life where God has done what only God could do, and tell those stories. This week happens to also be VBS week here at Grace. It's going to be a week where there are A couple hundred, 250 people all over this campus every single night loving on kids. It's one of those ways that grace historically has made a powerful kingdom difference in the lives of children. And we see children come to Christ every single year as a result of what we do. Maybe you've already signed up to be a part of EBS and you'll be be involved with that each night. Maybe not. Maybe that was the furthest thing from your mind. What I want to ask you to do is even if you're not signed up to volunteer... Would you just show up one night, one night between 6 and 8, and just watch? Just watch what God is doing. And while you're here, I have something I want you to do. I want you to grab a person or two in the breezeway. Maybe you find someone who's taking a rest from some of the kids for just a moment. And ask them this one question. What have you seen God do? How has God been faithful in your life? How has God been how have you seen God faithful in the life of grace? And listen to what they share. Now, what that's going to also mean for you is that you probably need to come up with a story or two yourself. You need to think back and be prepared for those who ask you that question. Maybe maybe you're here and you're saying, "Dave, I've only been here for a few weeks or a few months." Has God done something in your life since you've been here? Has God spoken? Has God shared something with you? Has God helped you take a step closer to Him as a result of being here? If so, that's a story worth telling. That's a story that deserves to be told. This morning, I want us to start a week of remembering because it's important. It's so easy at times to be looking ahead and be so focused on what's ahead that we never look back. But God reminds us when we look back that he is good. God reminds us when we look back that he has been faithful. And as we look back and we remember, we are then reminded God wants us to continue to build that kingdom here. That it's not just what happened back then. It's not just a, a walk down memory lane to, to feel like, oh, if that we could just have that again. No. God has something so profound in store for us that we have a reason to be excited and look forward our better days aren't behind us our better days are ahead of us and it's in part because you're here and you're playing a part in building this kingdom would you pray with me God I ask that um, you would build your kingdom here God, I know in my life, and, and I'm sure I did, it's not just me. Many of us, we, we face fears in our lives. We, we have these challenges come our way, and they just seem so daunting sometimes. We just want to give up. They can fill us with fear. They can take away our feelings of hope. God, forgive us for those moments when we look so far ahead that we get filled with fear and we forget what you've done. God, I pray for each person in this room this week that this week would be a week to remember. God, I pray that some of these stories that the people in our congregation will tell this week will be ones that they haven't thought of in years. But they will be stories that fill us with hope and faith and courage and strength for what lies ahead. Because God, we know that you're not a God of the past. You're also a God of the present and the future. God, I thank you for what you are going to do in our midst this week. I thank you for the lives that are going to be touched, that are going to be saved. Lord, I thank you that... I'm excited because the chairman of our elder board here, Dave Vonk, two of his kids said yes to Jesus this week at a VBS just down the road. God, I thank you that you are doing your kingdom work and it isn't even just about us here on this hill but it's throughout our community as the body of Christ stands together to do your kingdom work. God, we pray that you would continue to allow us to be a part of that. To not be so focused on ourselves that we miss out on what you want to do in and through us. If you're here this morning and you feel like God is calling you to something greater than yourself. If you feel like God's calling you to a relationship with Him. To take a step of faith with Him. If you feel like that's happening in your life, I want to encourage you this morning to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. And allow God to begin to do a work. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I am this morning filled with a sense of hope. Because I know that you are bigger than my problems. I know that you are bigger than the challenges that I face. God, I ask that you would come into my heart, my life, forgive me of those sins in the past that I've committed that have distanced myself from you. God, I ask that you would help me see what lies ahead and how I can be a part of that with you as I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord. God, I ask that you would do a kingdom work in me And begin to change me from the inside out. And make me into the man or woman of God that you've called me to be. Lord, this morning I thank you that there is a place of grace. And that there is a place called grace here in Tucson. God, as I spend this time in your presence, I ask that you would remind me that there is no reason to fear. For you are by my side.